Hello and welcome to the Coach Me Vancouver podcast. We're recording live from downtown Vancouver. My name is Nadine Stille, founder of Coach Me Vancouver and grateful you've decided to tune in. In addition to our amazing featured Coach Me coaches, we also have guests on the show this season who are experts and topic enthusiasts on specific areas of personal and professional development that will support your growth journey even more. In today's episode, I'm talking with Ariana Fordinakis about best meditation tips to calm your mind. Ariana is a business consultant for wellness professionals, breathwork practitioner, and community facilitator. After struggling with addiction for over 10 years, she turned her life around by first focusing on her health and then by focusing on serving others. She now works with women in a variety of capacities from fitness to business, helping them strengthen their connections to their inner guidance systems so they can confidently take action towards those big scary goals. Meditation or aspects of it like visualizations and breathing are often used in or in between coaching sessions to calm and center the mind and to deepen and focus on a particular experience. I was curious to find out more about the benefits of meditation, best practices, how to get started and even how to up my meditation game. I'm very grateful Ariana shared all her experience, expertise and enthusiasm for the topic and even talked us through meditation. Before we tune into the interview, please know that all resources mentioned are listed in the show notes for you as a reference point. So let's tune in. All client stories mentioned in this podcast have either been approved for use or been altered to not be identifiable. Hi, Ariana. Hi. Thank you for coming in today to yeah. chat about best meditation tips to keep a calm mind uh, or to calm your mind. Yeah. How are, how are you? Let's talk about how you are today. How's your sure. day? Sure. Yeah. Um, I just want to say thank you for having me here. I'm super excited to come on and jam out about meditation. I love talking about mm. all of this kind of stuff. I would say today I'm doing pretty good. I had a nice slow morning, had some time to myself, which was good. So. Yay, bliss. Yeah. <laughs> So you already hinted at that you're super passionate about meditation. What is it about meditation that you're passionate about specifically? I think what I am passionate about is the ability that we have to gain compassionate control over our internal landscapes. So, you know, we we spend so much time with our thoughts and overthinking things and reanalyzing things and trying to plan for the future and think about the past and we can calm that. And I don't think a lot of people realize that that constant internal chatter is something that doesn't always have to be there. I know I didn't know that. I thought that I was always just going to have to essentially play victim to everything that was going on inside of my head. And once I actually learned that I could calm my mind, even if just for a few moments, it felt like I got my power back. And so I really am stoked about helping bring this to other people. Great. What I hear out of that is that you have a choice. Yes. You don't have to lean back and let this happen to you, right? There's totally. a choice. And it also sounds really exhausting having this all the time, like blah, 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 always going on. And 100%. Calm, 
calmness to it. Yeah. And, you know, in full transparency, I still have a lot of that constant running dialogue. And I I always just kind of thought it was a normal thing until I talked to my partner and he was like, no, my brain's not going all the time. So it is still there often, but it's like those moments where I do actually get into that meditative state. Like I crave them now. It's like the Mm. most relaxing, just for me moments of my day. Wow. Yeah. What is your your personal experience with meditation and when do you use it? Like mm-hmm. you it sounds like you're using it every day nearly. Yeah, right? it's it's mostly every day. For about three years now I've had a fairly consistent meditation practice. I would say within the last three or so months, I've kind of been experimenting and alternating between doing meditation one day and breath work the next day. I'm still not fully sure if breath work replaces my meditation or if it's just a different modality for me to have in my toolbox. But right now, I would say it's about every other day, anywhere from 10 to 30 minutes based off of how I'm feeling for the day, based off of how much time that I have. I was very resistant to it in the beginning. I had a lot of people telling me that I should meditate. And I thought, there's no way I can sit and quiet my mind for 20 minutes. Like, that just seems impossible. So I continued to put it off. And I reached a point where I was just getting so reactive over little things. And it was really having a negative impact on my life. You know, I had worked through a lot of personal issues. I'd worked through addiction. And I thought that I had gotten myself to this point where I could achieve that calmness and I had the self-awareness, but still like something little would happen and it would completely set me off. So I took a baby steps approach like I would have my clients do with fitness or something. I thought, I can't sit and quiet my mind for 20 minutes, but I can probably focus on my breath for 10 seconds. And so I just started with that and gradually built it up that way. Wow, that's encouraging. Mm-hmm. 10 seconds. Yeah, totally. <laughs> we could do that for 10 seconds. Yes. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm with you on the 20 minutes. What you do right now, I can't necessarily imagine it, but I do know it's possible and a lot of people swear by it, right? Mm. And for you to describe that you really crave it now, that's exciting, actually. It's like, oh, you crave something. Ooh. Totally. (laughs) That's interesting. So what benefits are there to meditation? And who would this be good for? I would argue that this is good for everybody. Okay. I I haven't yet encountered anybody who I didn't think would benefit from it. I could be wrong on that. Mm -hmm. But as far as I know, within my sphere, I feel like it is something really beneficial that everybody could practice. And the beauty of it is that there's so many different forms of it, which I think we'll get into in mm-hmm. a little bit. But in terms of the benefits of meditation, there are so many. So, you know, if we look at simply the ability to calm the mind and to alleviate ourselves from a stressful state, even if that's just for a few moments. And if we can get into the habit of doing that on a regular basis. So if let's say we're constantly in a stress state and we begin to take five minutes a day where we remove ourselves from that stress state, we know that stress is not good for us. We hear everybody talking these days about how like stress is the silent killer. And it really is. It contributes to cardiovascular disease. It contributes to chronic illness, inflammation in the body. It contributes to an inability to lose weight or increased weight on the body, Mm -hmm. which also has health consequences. And so when we can actually start to remove ourselves from that state of stress, it allows the body to come back into balance. It calms down our nervous system. It can ease that inflammation in our body, boost our immune system, help us experience a greater sense of inner peace and well-being. 
On top of that, there's also the the observer effect that comes with meditation. So actually being able to step back and observe your thoughts rather than identify with them. Mm. Is it kind of a reflection or yeah. become self-aware Definitely, what's going on? A hundred percent. Okay. And, you know, I had heard about this whole idea of observing your thoughts for quite a long time. And it was something that I never really understood. Like I've always considered myself a very self-aware person, but it was this idea of, you know, actually being able to step back and witness myself thinking something. I understood it logically, but I didn't get it. Yeah. And yeah, you can probably tell from my expression on my yeah. face. It's like, yeah, I think I get it, but I don't. <laughs> yeah. I don't really, I guess. Yeah, like you get it, but you don't get it. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't until earlier this year, and it was just a random meditation. There was nothing special about it. And I actually entered that space where I recognized a thought pop up, and rather than identify with it, I was able to look at it as a thought and not actually myself. And... Once I realized that, it was like a very meta moment. Like I mm -hmm. had noticed myself noticing something and I was like, whoa, this is really cool. And for those of us who have maybe had a history with, you know, negative thoughts, um, more of a pessimistic outlook on life, being able to recognize that those simply are your thoughts and they are not actually who you are as an individual, they're not your consciousness, mm -hmm. is a really, really powerful thing. And again, it goes back to kind of taking that control back. Wow. It's like, after that, who wouldn't want to do some meditation, right? right? That's a good sales pitch. <laughs> right. Can you explain what exactly meditation is? It's like, I have an impression of what I think that is. And I have some experience, but not a lot. And, and whenever I talk to someone, they're like, oh, so you switch on an app and you listen to what they say. <laughs> but there's a lot more to it, I guess. Right. So yeah, I out of curiosity, I would love to hear what you think it is. Oh, no, don't put me on the spot. <laughs> <laughs> so meditation, I would say, is a state of mind. Like, uh, I would probably rather come from the point of view of how you get how you get there. So my experience would be that would be like a guided meditation. Someone um, tells you something, say about noticing your body or noticing and being aware of certain things around yourself, and literally focusing on this, mm -hmm. rather than anything else that goes around. And there's like, let thoughts happen come in but no judgment there's no like oh yeah so there's a lot of noise going on and I can hear this and this and I notice this or some kind of really random things I've done one the other day that said concentrate on your eyelids and mm. I'm like huh, okay how does that work <laughs> but you're automatically focused on that area and everything else kind of goes away so yeah that would be that is just a really calm state of mind and noticing certain things drawing attention to them without necessarily judging them. Yeah. And somehow at the end, you always feel so good. Mm -hmm, totally. <laughs> I have no idea what it actually <laughs> is or how does it do it. So I'm really excited to hear more from you around it as yeah. well. I'm learning alongside everyone else who's tuning in. It was pretty spot on. Really? So, yeah. Okay, great. So when... When everyone was telling me, oh, you need to meditate, you need to meditate, All, what I thought of meditation, I thought that meditation was like your mind is quiet 
and there's no thoughts or mm-hmm. you're not meditating. I thought it was like a this or that situation. Mm-hmm. And one of my teachers actually shared something that was really, really profound with me and it completely shifted the way that I view meditation. And he told me that meditation is the practice of noticing your thoughts. So it's not necessarily the goal of achieving this quiet mind or achieving complete stillness inside your head. It is, as you said, learning to focus your attention on something, noticing when your attention wanders, and then bringing your attention back to whatever it was you were focusing on without any judgment. So when I was getting all mad and I was telling him, like, I can't quiet my mind, I keep thinking, he was like, that's great. That is the practice of meditation. It is a practice. It is learning to become more aware more quickly and pulling ourselves back to our desired state more quickly rather than getting caught up in the drama that tends to come with, oh, I'm not doing this right and what does Mm. this mean about me and all of those kinds Mm. of things. That actually plays in really well with a podcast interview I've done recently uh, around David Corey around emotional intelligence Mm. where a big part of it is self-awareness and self-management. And that's exactly where this um, where this plays in as well. 100%. Okay, great. So it's, say that again, it's the practice of noticing your thoughts without judgment or yeah, focusing? It, essentially, you want to practice maintaining focus on something, mm-hmm. whether that is your breath or a mantra or something. Mm-hmm. You're maintaining your focus on that. And inevitably, your mind is going to wander. And then we practice bringing our focus back to whatever it was that we were initially focusing on without any judgment. Mm-hmm. So there's no, oh, I'm not doing this thing right. It's just like, a, oh, I'm thinking back to the thing I was focusing on. Or, oh, I'm feeling an itch in my body back to the mm-hmm. thing I was focusing on. Yeah. But it's different in a way from all the other thoughts that are going on in your head beforehand, right? So it's a lot more kind of focused rather than all this negative chatter. Yeah. Going on to that's a difference of having your mind wander. Definitely. I'm sure you're familiar with the app Headspace. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I loved that they would always do little animations in it because for me as a very visual person, seeing the animations of like, what are we actually working on when we're meditating was really helpful. And there was one I remember where the little blue thing was watching clouds go by and that was exactly which one you're talking about (laughs) and so you know we think of like looking with those clouds going by and those clouds are our thoughts and we're just noticing them we're not engaging in them and the way i would envision my brain before going into that on certain occasions would be like there's a storm and there's like clouds going everywhere and maybe there's a tornado and like a cow's flying up (laughs) in the tornado and it's just pandemonium (laughs) everywhere and then the storm settles Mm -hmm. and we can just watch the clouds okay great yeah wow Thank you for that visual. (laughs) (laughs) So is there, like, are there different forms of meditation? Yeah, there's a lot. Yeah? Yeah. Okay, give some of them. Sure. (laughs) I I will say I don't know all of them. Mm -hmm. And even within certain forms of meditation, there are different practices within those forms. Mm -hmm. So just as kind of a general overview of a few different ones that our listeners might benefit from. Um, There's one that I really love known as a loving kindness meditation. It might also be referred to as a meta meditation, so M-E-T-T-A. And this is the practice of essentially sending out love, compassion, ease, uh, reduction in pain or distress to people in your life 
And the beautiful thing about this practice is that we might start with ourselves, which can actually be the more challenging part for a lot of people. And then we move to doing it with people who we love in our lives, people who we're feeling maybe neutral towards. And then the really good part comes when we send that towards the people in our life who challenge us. Mm. And learning to be able to send that love and compassion to the people in our lives who we may find difficult is a really good practice to get into. I love to do it now where I'm just walking down the street and like if I look at a stranger, I'll just send them a little bit of love and kindness and I don't know if they feel it or not, but I like to think that it somehow hits into their energetic body. Wow. Mm-hmm. I've heard of that name of the uh, loving kindness yeah. meditation before and it sounds it sounds warm yeah. and grateful and forgiving somehow and there's no space really for any negativity totally and that sounds really cool yeah we need a little bit more of that these days because especially in today's landscape we live in a very divisive society and i think learning to engage with others even if it's just in our minds in a compassionate way it shifts how we show up around people if we can change our energetics on the inside it will naturally reflect in how we show up externally Mm -hmm. yeah totally so that is one one form do you have um, yeah so there's also mantra meditation which some people really enjoy because mantra meditation is you're essentially repeating a mantra in your head so i actually started doing this without knowing what meditation really was i used to do triathlons and i had a mantra that i would repeat in my mind over and over and over Mm -hmm. again to get myself through a challenging bike ride but if you look at more say traditional forms of mantra usually they're in sanskrit or in some language that we don't necessarily understand here in the western Mm -hmm. world but it gives us something to focus our attention on and we're just repeating it over and over and over again so that can be beneficial for folks who have a hard time with the idea of focusing on your breath or with there being more silence or stillness there's still a little bit of active yeah it's a little bit more active so it can Mm -hmm. be a bit easier for folks to embrace yeah and that mantra would be a particular I don't know, would it be like sounds or is it a sentence or kind of an affirmation? Yeah, Mm. so you could do it in an affirmation. Like if you just wanted to repeat a positive affirmation to yourself Mm -hmm. over and over, that is totally fine. I think some of the more like traditional advocates of mantra meditation or maybe not even advocates but just those who practice it in the more traditional format, it would usually be a Sanskrit sentence. And so – There are different words. Again, I don't always know what they mean when I go to like a kundalini class or something. I say them over and over and over again. But like you just feel your vibration starting to raise. You feel yourself getting into a more positive state with it. But if you're looking for something that does feel more accessible, finding an affirmation that resonates with you is a really great starting point Mm -hmm. with that. Okay, great. Mm -hmm. So we've got love and kindness, meditation, Mm -hmm. the mantra meditation. Yep. Yeah, so there is another form known as Vipassana. This is like a more intense form and it's usually done, I think you start with either a seven to 10 day silent meditation retreat. Oh my God, I know someone who's been through that. Yes. Yeah, I heard what she had to say afterwards. And (laughs) it was a challenge. (laughs) I can imagine. I haven't done one yet. It's definitely on my list. And I I don't know all of the specifics Mm -hmm. around it, but, you know, if you're looking for a challenge, if you like to bring kind of that little bit more of intensity into your meditation practice, that might be something Mm -hmm. to look into. He was struggling with 20 minutes. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) No kidding. Wow. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
I think one of the first times when I was exposed to meditation was actually through a, a body scan. Hmm. Have you done those? Um, I have, before? yeah. And that was one of the the next ones that I wanted to bring in was simply just like mindfulness meditation, mm-hmm. which I think is becoming a lot more common these days. When we talk about meditation here in the Western world, most of the time what we're referring to is this more mindfulness component. So the body scan meditation is essentially bringing your awareness or being mindful of your body from head to toe and going through like every single spot in the front and back of your body, relaxing your muscles. It could come in the form of focusing on your breath, focusing on your eyelids as you had Mm -hmm. experienced. Something that I like to do sometimes is I'll just listen to the sounds that are going on around me. So I'll maybe listen to a sound that's really far away or listen to a sound that's really close. Mm -hmm. And that is one of the most basic forms of meditation, but still one of the most impactful because it allows your brain to calm down. It tells the nervous system that it's okay. We're not in this fight or flight mode that we can actually rest. Our bodies can take a little bit of a break for a moment. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So that those were like, that's three different, no, four different uh, ones we have now, right? I think. Yeah. So we had our loving kindness. Mm -hmm. We had the mantra meditation. We talked about the Vipassana and we talked about mindfulness Mm -hmm. meditation. Yeah. Great. Mm -hmm. That's uh, a good starting point. I think so, yeah. (laughs) Plenty to explore. Definitely. (laughs) From probably something uh, that just takes a few seconds to uh, several days. Well, mm-hmm. is there like a typical meditation? I wouldn't necessarily say there's a typical meditation. As I said before, I think the mindfulness aspect is becoming the more common these days. Mm. And one of the great things about mindfulness as well is that we don't necessarily have to sit and be still while engaging in some act of mindfulness. So you might have heard people talk about mindful eating before, and that would be the practice of eating a meal without scrolling on your phone or watching TV or anything like that, and really allowing your senses to be engaged in the process. So what does the food taste like? What's the texture like? What does it smell like? What does it look like? And not only does that help us just become more aware of our present moment, but from a physical standpoint too, it allows our bodies to and our minds to really be nourished by the foods that we're eating. Mm. And we can be mindful when we're preparing our meals. We can be mindful when we're going for a walk and noticing the grass or what the sky looks like or that bird that's over on the lawn there. So mindfulness is something that we can bring into all aspects of mm. our lives. Of course, we will lose our mindfulness at some point and we'll get caught up in the the drama or the cycle or whatever it is that's going on in our day. But I think that by making this act of mindfulness be more accessible by just understanding that we can bring it into essentially everything that we do, I would consider that in our world here to be, I guess, like a typical form of meditation. Mm. Yeah. When you brought up the being mindful about making your food, etc. I, I once uh, heard someone say, you know, like, even if you go on your coffee break at work, you don't really have a lot of time. Notice how you make the coffee or how the barista makes the coffee, what mm-hmm. goes into it, the different steps, how they get the little pattern on top of the you know, froth and, and things like that, or see how the ingredients of the the tea bag kind of infuse the hot water around it when mm-hmm. you're making yourself a tea and just notice for a minute. Yeah. And, you know, it doesn't have to be complicated. 
it's really powerful, even from maybe not necessarily from like a meditation benefit standpoint, mm-hmm. but just, you know, we live really busy lives. And so many of us, you know, you ask, oh, how have you been doing? Busy is the first answer. Mm. And we tend to think that we don't have even a moment to ourselves because our life requires so much of us. But when we are more intentional with our time, we do start to realize that we do have small pockets of time that are just for us. Like when you're waiting in line at the coffee shop or when you are even in the elevator, you know, we don't always have to be on our phones looking at things. And I think just really being intentional with those little bits of time that we do have, it can help calm us down so that maybe we're not as stressed when we do get into our meditation. And it reminds us that, you know, we can create this space for ourselves and that we're not always being held hostage by everything else that's going on in our day. Yeah, again, it's a conscious choice. How do you spend those minutes waiting for the bus or mm. while you're in the bus or in the sky train or, you know, commuting? Yeah, how, how do you spend that time consciously? Mm-hmm. Totally, it makes a difference. And actually, something else came to mind because you were talking earlier about breath work as well. If you're going up in an elevator, it's a perfect opportunity for the 30 seconds to take a few deep breaths. Definitely. Right? Yeah, it doesn't take much. I've found that just with five deep breaths, I can completely change my state. So I can be really anxious, really upset, really like, oh, what is going on right now? And then if you just take five deep breaths in through the nose and out through the mouth, it can completely calm down the nervous system and change the way you react to that situation. Yeah. Wow. It's all inter interconnected. Oh my gosh, yes. <laughs> so if for, for people who've like never done any meditation before, what are the, some of the first steps to for them to get into? We've obviously touched already on the mindfulness states and taking a few deep breaths. Is that, would you recommend that's the best way forward or is it some other things on how people can get started into meditation? Yeah, I, you know, it's different for everybody. And I really want to acknowledge that we all come from different experiences in our lives. I have clients who I've worked with who the idea of quieting their mind is a very challenging thought for them. A lot of the time, if we have really busy, really scattered minds, that can almost be a protective mechanism to help us not have to think about or look at traumatic things that have happened in our lives. So I don't always necessarily want to say, yeah, you know, just start with taking a few deep breaths, quieting the mind, because for some that really doesn't feel like an accessible starting point. So maybe just as a little side note, if Mm -hmm. that is resonating with anybody and the idea of that seems a little bit scary, knowing that there are kind of safe entryways can be really beneficial. So something that I've done with a client before is I give her like a squishy ball to hold on to. And she has the option to have her attention on her breath. And when it feels like focusing internally is too much, she can squeeze the ball in her hand and then she can bring her attention back to that external thing. So allowing the participant to oscillate between internal focus and external Mm -hmm. focus can make it seem a little bit less overwhelming to begin with. Guided meditations can also be a really great entryway. So there are things like Headspace. There's another app called Calm. There's so many things on YouTube. You can Google guided meditation for like every single thing. Mm -hmm. And something that was introduced to me was a YouTube channel called The Honest Guys. They do guided meditations, but they're like kind of weird. And they're like visualizations. He might like walk you through like a forest with elves and different things like that. Yeah. There's a lot of creativity in that. Totally. So you're still getting the benefits of relaxing your body, relaxing your mind, keeping your focus on something. But there's a more visual component. 
so it's not like you're alone with your thoughts. Mm -hmm. If somebody is ready to start engaging in like an actual meditative process and maybe moving outside of the mindfulness-based activities, like I said, I had to start with 10 seconds of focusing on my breath and I gradually built it up from there. So I would say to anyone who's listening, you know, what feels accessible to you? Like what feels so easy it's almost laughable where you're like, yeah, I could totally do that. And then start with that. Because when we're trying to bring new habits into our lives, we want to do it in a way that's sustainable. And if we force ourselves to sit and meditate for 10 minutes every day and it's a hard practice and our brain is going everywhere and we're beating ourselves up, we're probably not going to stick with it that long. Whereas if we give ourselves a little dopamine hits by saying like, yeah, I did 10 seconds. That was awesome. And then we're going to go back the next day and go for 15 and 20 and then a minute working our way up from there there is a lot higher chance of being able to stick with it for the long term. Mm. There's a, a book, pop it in the show notes as well, with along all the other resources and, and, and things that you've just mentioned. I think it's called One Small Step Can Change the World. And it goes along the same lines what you just said, that if you want to change something, you know, it's automatically <gasps> might be a threat or, oh, it's difficult or, you know, all these type of things. And you're there's always this resistance to overcome just to start, even just to start and having like these tiny, tiny steps of what you just said, you're overcoming that um, resistance and you're basically training your brain saying, hey, this is actually cool. This is this is fun and easy. It's not a threat. So I can, you know, incrementally push this out a bit more, those those goals. And yeah, it goes along the same line. So it's, yeah. it's great how, again, how this all plays uh, into each other. For someone who's kind of experienced meditation before and who's been through a few sessions is there any ways you can really up your game in meditation for a lot of us high achievers we might always be looking for like okay how do I improve my mm. meditation and I would almost like to look at it from the standpoint of why why am I wanting to improve why am I striving to do better in my meditative practice and look for what that underlying motive is and if it is simply to say that you're becoming a better meditator then there might be a little bit of self-reflection around that mm -hmm. I would say if you're looking to get into a deeper meditative state obviously length of time can make a difference so you know going up to the 20 minute the 30 minute even the hour-long mark you know dr joe dispenza does a lot of guided meditations and sometimes they can go up to two hours in length and you can really get into a deep deep state when you are in those like it changes the wavelengths of your brain once you come out of it you're able to access different levels of creativity i've gotten to points where I don't even necessarily feel my body anymore, which is really cool. It's like I'm aware that I'm aware that I don't have a body. So it's not like a weird, scary yeah. thing. But the first time I was like, oh, I don't feel my arms. It's kind of cool. Wow. I, like my eyes just popped open when you said this. <laughs> and then <laughs> together with uh, I don't feel my body and I notice me noticing things. Mm -hmm. Just yeah, this totally out of body experience and this visual from some sci-fi films came up <laughs> in my head. So I was like, "Wow!" And you've been uh, you've been through this. So this happens once you go 
into like longer uh, yeah, meditation sessions? It, it is different for everybody. I know folks who can get into a med- meditative state really, really quickly. Mm-hmm. As we talked about, you know, I, I'm a breathwork practitioner and I have some clients who can drop into it and I can tell that they're in that activated state within five or 10 minutes. For me in a breathwork session, it takes me about 30 to 35 minutes to really get into it. So it's a little bit different for everybody. I have just found that in personal experience for myself when I tend to have a really overactive, overthinking brain, the longer I sit in meditation, the deeper into it I can get. Also, depending on how weird you like to get, like I'm super weird. I'm super (laughs) woo-woo. I love like all of the cosmic, universal kind Mm -hmm. of stuff. And there are different things that I like to do in my meditations where I will actually envision myself connecting to source or connecting to the roots of the earth and mm-hmm. using that to kind of like channel my energy either down into the earth or pull it back up to resource myself. We can do chakra clearing meditations. You can connect to your spirit guides. You can do all kinds of oh, weird stuff. Oh, <laughs> wow. It's an endless world of exploration yes. with meditation. Okay. I know we said it earlier that everyone can benefit from meditation but the people that you're specifically working with are entrepreneurs right so it's like really it's like people who are on the go all the time are there any particular tips i don't know specifically for people who are just constantly on yeah 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 totally (laughs) (laughs) i would say it's less of the actual practice of the meditation and more in actually getting into it in the first place Mm. so for a lot of us who are on the go all of the time you know entrepreneurs business owners even like really career-driven folks we tend to have this idea that our our worth is dependent upon our output and if we're sitting in silence there's no output So it can be really challenging to get ourselves to that state in the first place. And it's not always even a conscious thing. It's just there's, as you said before, there's that resistance in the brain that doesn't want to go and do that. So being really diligent about creating that space for yourself, I personally like to do it first thing in the morning. Same thing with exercise. Like Mm -hmm. I love fitness. I know that if I tell myself I'm going to work out at night, it's probably not going to happen. Your willpower battery goes down, things come up. So I find it easiest, you know, if you're just trying to get into the habit of it to pick a time and commit to it and, you know, notice and it becomes easier to notice the thoughts as you get into meditating more. But if you can, like if you're feeling yourself get resistant towards going to and doing the practice, just Take note of that. You don't necessarily have to know why you're feeling resistance. You're probably feeling it because there's a shift happening and our brains are wired to not like change. But just be able to be compassionate with yourself and understand that building new habits takes time. And it's okay that you don't necessarily want to go and do this thing and that you're going to go and do it anyway and that it's going to be over soon and then you can get on with the rest of your day. Mm. And there's a way of setting yourself up for success, right? It's like, oh yeah, but I need to have this meditation corner or I need to have a, you know, this needs to be in place for me to do this or whatever. But if you commit to saying, okay, every day, I I don't know, even have this guided meditation on my app or you know that youtube channel and it's for two minutes that's you know all you can you can do but it's at this particular time right after you get up then it's there you don't need to find your mobile phone or search for oh what could i do today no it's the easy ways in yeah right yeah setting yourself up for it Mm. okay cool and are there some best practices with regards to meditations like things that you say, hey, that that works all the time, or that's a, I don't know, you actually mentioned time of the day, 
mm-hmm. it might be different for other people. Totally. Right? They have more of a, a quieter mind in the evenings when maybe it's part even of their uh, bedtime routine, mm-hmm. right? But are there any um, other best practice of say, hey, this is how you best set yourself up for a good meditation session? Yeah, I would honestly... Like I said before, I think just creating that space for yourself and being open to whatever comes up is one of the best things that you can do. You know, having an inspiring little corner with a nice meditation cushion and maybe burning some incense or like putting on some nice peaceful music, all of those things are helpful, but they're not a necessity. They can contribute to the experience. They can help you feel more relaxed. If you need kind of more of those like cues Mm -hmm. to help you tune into that, then sure, go and create yourself a little space. But it's not necessary. You can take those few moments to focus on your breath when you're on the bus or when you're waiting for your coffee or anything like that. So I think really just opening yourself up to creating that space in your day, being open to what happens and knowing that whatever happens in your meditation session is what needed to happen. So as frustrating as it can be when we have challenging sessions where our mind is all over the place, that's an invitation to look and ask yourself, okay, so why am I finding it so much more challenging to focus today? Did I not sleep well last night? Do I have way too much on my plate? Am I overcommitting myself? Everything happens the way that it needs to, and it's up to us to actually be open to looking at what the message or the lesson is in each of those experiences. Yeah, just be curious mm-hmm. and ask yourself questions around this, right? Yeah. Exp- explore that a bit further. Okay, last question I have actually um, prepared for us. Can you talk us through a, a bit of a meditation? And Sure. Yeah, yeah. great. Let's do it. Um, so for anyone who's listening in, just kind of a health and safety announcement. If you're driving <laughs> <laughs> this and you're wanting to do this along, it's probably not the best time to do it and you know hit replay or <laughs> yeah get yourself into a, a a space where it's safe you know don't have anything on on the stove or candles burning that shouldn't be in places they shouldn't be i don't know whatever it ne- it is like get yourself into a, a safe space i would say good call yeah, yeah. meditating uh, and driving not a great idea <laughs> anything else we need to know i'm, I'm gonna do this along with you okay yeah yeah i just go into it and- for sure so i'm going to be guiding this with the assumption that listeners are sitting If you're not sitting and you're lying down, just kind of apply what I say to lying down, but you can just do it seated in your chair. Bring it on. I'm ready. (laughs) Cool. So just bring your focus just in front of the body. You can keep your eyes open if they're not closed yet. Just maintaining a soft focus, not really looking at any one particular thing. And just getting to become aware of your breath. Not trying to... Deepen it, not trying to change it, just noticing it. Looking for where you feel that inhale in your body. And noticing whether you feel any decrease in tension on the exhale. As you deepen your relaxation here, feeling free to close your eyes at any point now. And actively starting to deepen the breath. So really feeling that inhale expanding through the body. Feeling the body soften and relax on the out breath. Expanding, taking up more space on the inhale. And softening and relaxing on the exhale. 
from here, just bringing your awareness to the bottoms of your feet connected to the ground. Feeling that connection between yourself and the earth. And bringing your awareness to the space just between your big toe and your second toe. Firmly rooting yourself down to the ground. Knowing that you can draw any excess energy that might be floating around up in the head, down through the midline of the body, and down to that space in between the big toe and the second toe. I'm taking a few moments here to sit and just notice what it feels like to notice. Knowing that if any thoughts float through the head, you can gently bring your focus back to this present moment. Knowing that any feelings of discomfort that arise are okay. From here, bringing your focus back to the breath, deepening the breath again. Taking one more big breath in and allowing yourself to sigh out through the mouth. Bringing a little bit of movement into your fingers and into your toes just to wake the body back up. And when it feels right to do so, opening your eyes. Mm. That was delightful. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad you enjoyed it. And the little wiggling of fingers at the end and shoulders. It's yeah. just, oh... Good. It's juicy, isn't it? <laughs> it is. Juicy is a lovely word. <laughs> <laughs> oh, thank you so much for talking us through that Yeah, one. you're welcome. For those of you who are listening for the first time, we have a little uh, goodie bag here with pieces of paper inside, and there is um, some written wonderful questions on them, some a bit more deeper, and others uh, a tiny bit quirky, and Ariana is going to pick three without looking at them. And, uh, Should I pick all three right now? You can, yeah. Okay, so yeah, there's, there's one. one. Hope I get some good questions. Two. And three. Okay, go for it. Just pick them, read them out, and then let's see what your answers are. What inspires you? It's funny. I was actually asked this for another podcast on Tuesday, and I feel like I have an answer that's maybe not very inspiring. But I don't usually get inspired by things. Like I might hear something and think, wow, good for that person, or that's amazing that they did that. But nothing actually ever really makes me think, oh my gosh, I'm so inspired. I should go and do this thing mm -hmm. now. So I guess like what I really like is to see people overcoming obstacles, to do things that they didn't think that they could do, to overcome stories that they've been telling themselves. So I guess if anything inspires me, it would have to be that. Yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah. Like it could also be a feeling that this, yeah. you know, evokes or totally. um, something else. Yeah, it's my, okay. heart, my heart warms when I see people doing good stuff for themselves. Yeah, good. Yeah. Great. Thank you. Thanks for sharing that. Okay, question number two. Oh, that's a long one. Would you rather be able to speak every language in the world or be able to speak to animals? I would definitely rather be able to speak to animals. I've... That was a very fast answer yes. and decision. <laughs> I, I have a dog and a cat. My cat, like, she and I have a bit of a strained relationship, but mm -hmm. my dog and I were best buds, and I would love to be able to talk to her. So, yeah. Wow. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> that movie, what's it called? Up? 
No. Yeah. Is it? Uh, I think there's Up With a Talking Dog. Yes, With a Talking Dog. Yeah. Uh, so good. Yeah, right. <laughs> okay. Last question. What are you currently learning? So right now I am really diving into a lot of really fun and lighthearted topics like trauma and addiction and how they affect the nervous system. In doing my breathwork training, there is a big focus around allowing our bodies to release trauma through the practice of breathwork. And so I've been really wanting to understand on a physiological level, how does our nervous system respond to trauma? And also, how do we as like infants and children respond to trauma? And then how does that impact us in our later years as adults? So Wow, that's super interesting. Yeah. And I kind of want to dive into it for another hour. <laughs> We'll have to do this again. We'll have to do this again. Thank you so much for coming in, for sharing all your expertise and your knowledge and your experiences with us. Have a lovely day and uh, hopefully chat soon. For sure. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you. I'm curious to know, what does it take for you to incorporate more meditations into your daily life? Check out the show notes to find links to all the resources we mentioned and the different ways to connect and engage with Ariana via Facebook, Instagram, or in person. Thank you for tuning in. Until next time, stay curious.